Before we begin the episode, I would like to thank our sponsor, Feel Queens, an Irish-owned GEA and leisurewear brand created by two intercounty players, Una White and Orla Duff. The girls have put aside their intercounty rivalries to create Ireland's first ever GEA glove, specifically designed and tailored fit to the female hand. Phil Queens are empowering future generations and offer a 15% team discount on gloves and are proud to be stocked in 10 stores nationwide. Having only started this venture in 2021, they have steadily grown their product line to include their original Empower gloves, bobble hats, snoods and water bottles. They have also just announced their brand new blackout glove which are now available to buy on their website feelqueens.ie. You can find out more information on their social media at feelqueens which will be linked in the description box below. Welcome back to the Sideline Live podcast. You can follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at the Sideline Live. We'd love to hear from you. On episode 67, I am delighted to be joined by Cork Senior Ladies Footballer and 2021 All-Star Erica O'Shea. On this episode, we discuss not being selected for underage panels, her minor intercounty debut, talent versus work ethic, basketball and so much more. I hope you enjoy the episode. thanks a million for joining me on the podcast thank you so much for having me uh, 19 years of age and a senior all-star has it said is it kind of settled in yet no I, I still like, I still haven't accepted it properly yet I'm still in shock yeah it was something I dreamed of like I never thought I'd get there what was what was it like getting the call that you were nominated was it just like this is everything I, I've ever dreamed of oh 100 percent. Like, I, I thought when I was nominated I was like amazed I didn't think I'd ever be alongside Vicky Wall or had here any of these players like and just to be nominated I was I couldn't believe it. When did the dream start out underage for you um, dreaming of playing for Cork who got you involved in football? So I started football when I was young just because my friends were like doing the club and like I was only like 11 or 12 I'd say and I was just going down with the girls and then I did trails and under 14 and I didn't get past the trail stage and I obviously got upset by that but um, it was then a 16 trial the first year and I didn't get that either and um I just yeah I quit club then I did quit it for okay did you yeah I quit it for about a month <laughs> like I didn't didn't last long like but um my coach was in the at the time and came back and was like would you come back to training and then stop messing <laughs> I know yeah she told me to stop messing it was Margaret Buckley at the time she came there. she was like what we didn't come back to training now me so I came down and I was fine again yeah. I'm glad I did. yeah exactly exactly underage though uh, I know the development squad start in Cork at I think under 13 were you involved with mm. those were you always a standout player at underage no I was I was not a good player oh, at right. underage I'm glad like, I, I didn't get through like now because it made me more grateful for what I have like I know the girls like took it for granted when they were only underage and I feel like they obviously didn't put in as much work as they get older because they have young mm-hmm. so I'm glad I didn't make it out but I did do the like trial the development thing but I was a forward and stuff at the time like I just I don't know what I was doing like I can't play forward I don't know why I was... <laughs> yeah. that's gas it just shows that sometimes like positions don't really like suit players up till like for example like if I told you at 13 you're going to be a defender you would have probably told me where to go like it would have been like it just it's just funny how I think coaches or, or kids like when I'm playing you box yourself into this position you're like no I'm only playing corner forward I'm not doing anything else yeah 100% like I was full forward at the time like <laughs> I don't know where that came from like I just told myself I was a full forward 
I believe in that. <laughs> when, when, who moved you out to, to the back line then? When did that happen? Um, I was like, it was after I didn't make through on 14. Um, my coach was Ted Keller. He was um, coaching us at the time and it was in my crew and he was just saying, are going to put you in back now? And he's like, just stand in the centre back. And I was like, no, I was like, this is not my position. <laughs> like, I got used to it and like, I'm glad I got used to it now. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when you, when you go through not being chosen, like I, uh, Brian Fenton is a great example of this. He kind of spoke about the belief he had and he had like this voice in his head you did quit football for a little while did you like kind of think do you know the way when we're younger we're like oh I didn't make under 14 so I have no chance of making senior was that kind of the conversation going on in your head yeah 100% I thought that dream would never happen for me because I like I was something I always obviously wanted mm-hmm. but I thought I was never good enough like when you get dropped like not true to the trials and the young age it just it does affect you obviously but yeah. it should drive you on too I feel like a lot of players just they stop then and they think they can't do it. But like even like the way he came back, like it's just, it's just who wants it more? You will get it eventually. It's just a game like that. Like Yeah, exactly. And when you did get dropped, I suppose with the team, obviously you train with a team and your club, but did you start doing a lot of practice outside of training? Was that the kind of, the kind of spark to kind of start your improvement outside of that? Yeah, uh, like a hundred percent. Like even I was focusing on basketball a lot of the time because like okay. part of my life. That, and like even like when I was on the minor team, it was Joe and John Cleary at the time that were coaching us. And I was swayed so much in between the two of them because at the time, Mark Scannell, who was a basketball coach, he was calling me to the Super League team to train. Oh, wow. Yeah, just the training. Like I was I was loving just the training and all that. And um, it was basketball was something I was really passionate about, but the football did take over eventually. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that's good. And we were talking before we hit record about the the transferable, like the amount of intercounty players that have played basketball. I didn't know you were called up to the Super League team. What were the, everyone kind of knows the transferable skills, but for you, is there anything in particular you noticed that just kind of benefits you, and maybe football benefited you basketball wise at some point? One hundred percent with tackling and like footwork a lot, and even like I love fitness. Like all the girls know it. Like I love running and I do that all the time and like it's just I thought the fitness was just a different level of basketball like it's constantly on your toe I loved that mm. so, yeah and it was definitely different fitness you need for it but it was well worth it for tackling and things like that I'd say Mark had used running loads of sprints and stuff with practice was it yeah <laughs> they were awful oh my god the trauma but I loved it yeah yeah exactly when you go through a setback again like outside of sports say and you go through a really good time do you think back to a lot of those times where you're probably getting upset at different stages and you're like well I've gone through this like for example I'm just thinking of when you went through under 16 and you didn't get picked was it just that reinforcement of I'm not going to get there or was it look it's just not happening for me now it's going to happen for me eventually like I always hoped that it would happen to me eventually but I thought I wasn't going to get it because I always thought I'd never get it like when I actually made the minor and like the last two months of under 16 I just I never thought that I'd ever get there because of being I've, I've let go at the trials so many times and like I always thought I wouldn't get it then like all my friends at the time were doing trials with me and one or two of them got on the team and mm-hmm. that kind of broke me as well because I was like yeah. I'm so happy for them but I was like like I'm training so hard I was like why couldn't I get there yeah but I it motivated me more as I got older because I was like, I don't need it. I want it, but I don't need to do that. I just have to be like as a player myself and I have to work on myself as a player. And if I get there, I get there. But I, like, I want to be one of the best in my town and I try my best in my club and see where that takes me. And yeah. yeah. 
Well, there you go. Yeah. And it is hard, though, when you do see whether your you know, friends, you know, obviously you're happy for them. But when it's your dream at the same time, it's mm-hmm. and there's only 35 spots. And for a county like Cork, it's so competitive. Like it's so competitive in a lot of places, but Cork especially like it is very difficult to kind of like balance the like the determination of going for it. But at the same time, realizing it's it is still fun at the end of the day. Was that ever like you did quit quit sport? So was that what kind of the the thinking behind is this is just not fun it's not happening for me oh yeah I was 100 that it's not happening for me but I had to tell myself it's not something I really need it's something I really want and I always dreamed of but it's, I don't need it like to be able to play football like I can play my club my friends I can enjoy it I don't need to have this like I've never had it so I don't know what it's like to have it yeah so when I got older and I actually did make it and it's just it drove me on because I wanted to work harder than everyone that was there and I wanted to try harder and like it motivated me way more. I always say, oh God, it happened to me because I don't know if I'd actually be here today if I didn't make it when I was younger because I would have taken it for granted, I'd say. When you, what was the difference then at minor when you did get called up? Was it, like, what changed? Um, Like, work weight and stuff, I'd say, definitely changed. Like, me there, like, I put in, for like, for the, the trials that time, I, like, I went running on the treadmill, I went running down the park. I really tried to get there. And okay. at underage, like I was a bit chubby. <laughs> okay, I, I didn't know that. And it was full forward, and like I just the whole thing was not working for me. <laughs> you were the traditional full forward, <laughs> but um, like it just wasn't working for me. And like when I got older, like I actually put an effort before the trials. I went running and training myself, like because at my club because we finished early that time, and I was just kept going myself just to see if I could do it if I worked hard enough. Yeah. And, did work out sorry no you're all good you're grand and when you went to the pitch to practice like you're obviously doing your running but what sort of um scales or kicking practice were you doing um so i got be a lot of ball handling because that was like something i'd really mess up on like catching a first goal okay so I, even just simple things like kicking off the wall i found really beneficial for me like even overhead and stuff catching that way that was something i really like practiced and like even just kicking like straight kicking into your hand like getting on target yeah like and like the Dublin players you'd see how accurate they're and that's what I want to work on and see if I can get there yeah brilliant and it, was that something that you just kind of did yourself it was like I'm just going to try it here or did you take influence or inspiration from anyone else in their training um but yeah definitely like going to Cork matches like oh if you saw 2016 <laughs> the Cork were playing at the time the girls the seniors and I was like a super fan I wore red and a white face <laughs> you're one of them Oh, if you saw the pictures, oh my god! And like I was a super fan. Like I'd see the girls and like just the way they're so passionate about their sport, their work rate, and how they can just take control of a game and like that so easily. Like they won the other. And I see girls at that, and like that made me want to work harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I there a couple of years later. Yeah, and and what? Who was your role model growing up? Was there any particular player that you you looked at on the Cork team? I know that like in the team we're talking about, God, the fifteen players, even some on the bench were just phenomenal. But was there any particular standout for you? Definitely Orla Finn and Kira Sullivan. Just those okay. two stood out to me because they were they've been there now with a good few years. Yeah, I don't think it's stood out for me. And it's amazing that I looked up, like I always say, it's like I idolized them growing up. Like I did. I remember asking like. My mom, could I try to get a picture with her? And like at the time, I wouldn't a big line. It was like going up to the, the actual match, like after. And like now, just playing alongside them, I'm just like, so I'm still amazed, like, because they're yeah. just so. Good. Yeah. Did you, I, send like, them? Did you send them the picture you have with them? I didn't get the picture. I like, oh, oh, you didn't? Oh, sorry. 
I know, I was heartbroken. I got a picture of Breeze Corkery, though, so that was just as good. Yeah. It's just as good, yeah, exactly. So when you got to Minor, um, what was it like going into the setup? Were you one of the only ones that that weren't selected uh, previously, or was there a couple of years? I said there was about two or three that never made any okay uh, under 14 and stuff like that. Like, and um, like, it, was, it was grand. Like, like, I was saying that, like, underage. Like, you know, one of my favourite quotes is, like, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard enough. Yeah. It's like an under 14 level, there's all these players that are like so naturally talented. And I feel like a lot of girls have so much wasted potential because they don't put in as much effort as they get older. Yeah. Like, you know, like college and stuff happens. And yeah, life gets busy. Yeah. Everyone's busy. And like, it's, I feel like all the natural talent is just wasted like that. So I feel like it's so important for girls to remain in sport and to put effort into their sport as they get older. And like, yeah, definitely. I feel like that's such a big aspect of when you're growing up. And like as you get older then, I feel like work rate just completely takes over. It's who works hard enough, who wants it more. Like naturally, just so good when you're younger and stuff. But it's who will put in the effort and will put in the work. Yeah, exactly. It's like that argument. Like the standout at, let's say, at under 12 is probably maybe naturally very good. But when you get to senior level, yes, everybody has natural talent. Not even the 15, like the 35 or how many are in your Cork squad. You're all talented, but it's not just talent that got you there. Exactly. Like even my club coach always says to me, he was like, he said to me before, he was like, um, at training, he's like, Erica's not the most skillful player. <laughs> he puts in so much work and she, she does this and she, that's where she gets to where she gets to like. Have you listened to the High Performance Podcast out of interest? I actually haven't. It's brilliant. It's all like um, it's all like athletes and business people, and they all sort of say what you're saying. It's not about sometimes the smartest or the most talented person in the room. They're just the hardest worker, and it just nearly like not saying this for you, but sometimes it cancels out. Let's say if they don't have a certain skill or attribute, but because they're the hardest worker, that's why they get to the top. Yeah, but it's it's very good. I I really recommend it for you. Um, when you get to the minor team, was it? Did you have a little bit maybe of imposter syndrome, like looking at the rest of the girls? I know there was two or three years that weren't selected, but it's like they all know what it's like to be here. They played for Cork, or was it just I don't really give a shit. I'm just gonna go in and, and play my best. Like I was very scared going in. Like even with the first year senior, I was terrified because I was the only minor called up as well. And the setup I found very terrifying. But, like, I did know a good few of the girls. Like, I just knew them by, like, friends and friends and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, no, I knew a few people. But the whole setup, I was very terrified by first going in because it's it's daunting. Like, like all these like, all made underage and they're all there. And, like, yeah, that was scary. And, like, it did take me away. Like, I didn't start with minors until the Monster semi-final, I think. Okay. I think minor yeah once semi-final because one of the girls got injured she broke her nose and then I got thrown in and then I just got kept there so yeah yeah, yeah you took was, your opportunity anyway I was lucky yeah when you go to the training like you were saying you didn't start and it, it was kind of like Tom Brady has a great thing about he wasn't picked till like 200th but it was when he got this opportunity he didn't let it go do you think up to that point in your opportunity were you trying to did you ever struggle with the level of coming from club I guess to intercounty where it's maybe one or two standout players at club and intercounty it's 15 standout players or how did you find that that training at the beginning I found it very hard to adjust to it I did find it very hard like um I know I had my basketball and stuff so the fitness wasn't that much of a problem okay it was strength I found it hard like to keep up with like then I found other girls were just built stronger like they they were used to this kind of like 
like the high level of sport and I just wasn't I basked in non-contact and stuff so I was used to like you know running and like stuff like that but I wouldn't be used to like hitting people and stuff <laughs> I have to toughen up eventually, so it worked out. Well, you've definitely toughened up since. I don't think there's there's still a complaint about that. When you go through the minor team, you mentioned there you were the only one called up to the senior panel. Um, that's a significant achievement in itself, but the fact that you went through not being selected, why do you think he called you up out of interest? I know that's hard because you're not, you weren't, you know, you can't think about like what Efi's going to think, but is there any particular reason you're looking back, this is what he saw in me? I, I know John Cleary at the time was the one who mentioned um, my name to Ify and I think it was because my dedication through that season. Like I know there was girls that were going out and having fun but still playing football and I still taking it seriously. Yeah. But like I was even in, I was in TY that time and we did a French exchange and we were going over. I did a championship the week after I think but I had trained the week before and I was a sub. But um, I told John Cleary I was coming home early from the French exchange just to watch training. And yeah, I was, I was a sub at the time. And I feel like the dedication John didn't take that. Like he, t- he knew how much effort I put in. And I eventually started, obviously. So it was, I was worthwhile coming home. Yeah, like, exactly. That, and he just told Ify I was I was willing to put in the work. Wow, that's, that's mad. Because it shows like the, the level of sacrifice. Was that just from you saying... Like, why did you decide to come? Was it just because you were enjoying it so much? Did you realise I have an opportunity here? I want to train. And was it like, what? why didn't you, for example, like I know other kids might have been like, nah, I'm not going training. I'm going to go on this French exchange. Yeah, I remember people at the time, even back home, they were like, are you mad coming home? I was so black. I remember they were like telling me, they were like, why won't you just stay in France? Like it's only, so I'd pay an extra hundred euros to come home because I'd pay for the flights home again. Yeah. I already have to and um, they were all telling me I was crazy. Like, and, I just didn't really care what they were saying. I was like, yeah, yeah I'm crazy. I don't really care. And <laughs> Go I, away. <laughs> yeah. I don't care if I was a sub. I just wanted to be there with the girls. Like, I'm always one person that I, lo- I love the competition. Like, since these girls were better than me, I want to try to get that. I, I push. So, yeah. Fair play. I, I was reading an article there um, that you were saying when you made the jump to senior that one of the biggest things I think that stood out to you was everything like every session training session is treated like a championship match can you describe yeah. the level of intensity that is senior intercounty training not even the games if every time last year like the sessions were very intense everyone is on their toes for any position every time and like the whole intensity of training like we'd all talk we'd all laugh but yeah. when it's known for the train to start it stops like we, we wouldn't be having a laugh anymore like it would be intense it would be matched kind of scenario where we all focus and there's no messing we get the job done and then we can laugh again after but yeah all training it's very serious but it was good because we all needed that like we needed that to focus in the matches and then on match day it paid off because we were able to settle down and know that we can't be messing the day of match and yeah yeah did, how did you find the first session going up to the likes of like Orla Finn and being with all these girls you look up to were you a bit like kind of starstruck I was, yeah, I was there. So shock. Uh, like, I remember getting out of the car because my mum and dad, they used to go to all the trainings. Like, even, they still do. And, um, <laughs> they and love I can't, it. <laughs> I can't drive, so they go to all the trainings. Um, the two of them go together, like, and they sit together and watch all the trainings. And at the time, they were like, they were starstruck too. They were looking at all the players. And Ify and Paddy, the coaches actually used to laugh, like, because their mum and dad, they were like, cup of teas in the carriage, watching them. They were just in awe, like, and uh, <laughs> yeah, they 
even the first training I was terrified like I walked in all the girls were so lovely yeah. they all knew I was scared like I was sitting on my own in the corner of the change room and I, it, <laughs> and I was just kind of like really quiet looking around and Sarah Leahy one of the girls came up to me straight away and she was like hi I'm Sarah and whatever and she was talking away and it just made me feel so much at ease like yeah that's good I was going to ask actually did you sit in someone's seat by accident I, think I had someone on before that stole, that sat in like some particular player's seat or something on their first <laughs> session it was gas it's so awkward I'd be so and what was it like like even you said you say your parents were they sort of like the biggest influence on your career because there's I was going to mention there's a lovely story in the article where they drove to Crow Park to sit outside and listen to the match the all Ireland final on the radio last year yeah no, they definitely were um, a big influence because I wouldn't have been able to do anything without them like they take me to the trainings take me to the matches anywhere I need to go they take me and they they do everything for me and I'm so grateful for it but um, yeah. I even had that league final last week in, against DCU in Leash. oh very good yeah yeah we lost but okay. my drove the whole way up just to watch it and it was pouring rain they were oh. standing and they got absolutely destroyed like drenched they go to any place for me I know they would and like they started to co parent so many times just listening to the radios doing all this and yeah having their tea in the car every session <laughs> that's so cute did, did they play did either of them play football no they actually didn't no one of my family plays sports um oh my sister- really yeah okay what What was the influence for you then was it just to get her out of the house or what kind of stood out I don't really know I was always a tomboy like I, okay. I home, like rest of them would be all like fashion and clothes and I like dressing up and stuff now like I'd plan nice clothes whatever but underage yeah. I was like get away from me no dresses <laughs> no and I was always like give me football and I'll go out there like yeah. no one in my sports they all did like when they were younger I'd say like 10 11 like my sister did running and stuff but okay. as they got older, it was never something okay. serious. Okay, yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, when you go into the senior setup, uh, you were the only minor called in, and you ended up establishing a starting place, which is very impressive. What kind of goes into the gap? I kind of call it the unseen hours. That when you go into an intercounty squad, like I did, I had an interview with Robbie McDade, and it took him seven years to play for Dublin. He was training every year in and out, but. Why, why did it happen so quickly for you was there like you obviously were moving pretty well in training like I was, I was just I feel like it was luck and like the lads gave me a chance and I, I took it when they gave it to me but um I think it was as well I always worked on fitness and I was quick and fast and that's what they wanted to bring into the squad they wanted someone fast and nippy who was able to sprint and like I, I said I'd do that so um I obviously did, but strength was obviously a big point for me that I felt like I was very weak in. And it's something I'm working on now with Shane as well. Like all of us are just working on strength a good bit this year because it was something we lack in, or I lack in anyway. Um, Like speed and stuff, I'm okay, but it was completely strength. Like I come up against the Dublin girls, for example, like they're all strong girls, like they're able to hold themselves and like they can push you off. But I'd be kind of one to fall, letting them be (laughs) pushed. Clumsy like yeah who was your toughest opponent so far in senior championship football is there any just particular player whether it's physicality skill just pure talent who stands out for you Vicky Wall Vicky Wall it was just her speed and her strength I never came across someone with so much talent like you can tell she has so much natural talent but she puts in the work like 
she's a perfect example of an unbelievable player that puts the time into it and she has passion for her sport mm-hmm. she is someone with class speed as well and she's just an all-round player who's just so talented and I respect her so much <laughs> she's I'm trying to get her on the podcast because one of the biggest things I noticed from like she was phenomenal in 2020 and she won intermediate player of the year but even you mentioned her speed there I thought this year she just added like an extra couple of yards of pace like I couldn't get over her speed this year a hundred percent like I remember I was it was like in Copac I was running up behind her and like I've never come across someone that's just as fast and I was like oh my god I was trying to keep up and then she just come across me and I was like oh my god (laughs) she's so good like I I respect her for the amount of passion she has for her sport as well yeah totally after stepping up again from last year <laughs> yeah it just shows the dedication that goes to intercounty how do you approach um a big game like if you mentioned crow park there like i know the 2020 semi-final there was a bit of a thing pre-match we won't get into that and you ended up in crow park so it's probably good though because you weren't like overthinking it the week of because it was supposed to be parnell park and then it was like you probably only found out an hour before that it was in crow park yeah we only found out the hour before but i had a hectic morning that morning i remember <laughs> it was awful it was my first time actually starting like okay in as well and then they were like oh it's in Crow Park I was like okay <laughs> I was like how do I process this and then on top of it my boots at the time I only had one pair of boots and there was metal studs on them oh. and four studs were off and I didn't know and my man picked up the boots that morning so she packed the bag <laughs> 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 But she picked up the boots and she saw the reforced studs missing. I was like, oh. And she was like, they'd, they'd be okay to play with. I was like, yeah, I shouldn't be grand. Sure, didn't have a clue. I was like, yeah, they're grand. And I was talking to Connor after. He was one of the defending coaches. And I was like, oh, um, the boots is like, there's a few studs missing. I was like, it's fine, those. And he's like, no, that's not okay. <laughs> oh, I was like, I thought it'd be fine. And he was like, no. So I had to go around looking for boots, like just like half an oh hour before. Oh, my God. I know I was stressful like half an hour before the match and I was like can someone give me boots and um, it turns out one of the coaches it was like Peter O'Leary he was the PRO I think okay he he was size six at the time I don't even I, I don't even question it but I was like they'll do the job and he gave them to me and I actually still wear his boots today so <laughs> oh my god so you didn't even have time to be nervous you're too busy looking for a pair of boots before the match I know and I didn't even get time to pro- it was in Crow Park. I was just kind of like, boots, this is what I need. <laughs> so it only hit you after then, did it? Yeah, like when I was on the pitch, I was like, oh my God, these aren't my boots. Will I play okay? And I was, like, <laughs> I was just thinking all about the boots the whole time. And then I was in Park and I was like, oh my God, this is something I've dreamed of for so long. I was like, I yeah. have to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was reading an article that, uh, I think it was, was it Melissa Duggan, you kind of gave you a bit of advice before the game. Is there any mm. particular, as well as her advice, but any... Anything that the girls or the management ever said to you coming into the team or still say to you, is there any advice that just kind of stood out to you that's really helped me? I remember Orla Finn came up to me and she was like, she's like, there's no need to be scared of this. She was like, just just take it all in as it comes. She's like, play play as you play normally and you'll be fine. And I remember being like, okay. I, just, I listened to her. She's like, one of my idols. I was like, <laughs> her. I was like it'll be fine. I yeah. said she calmed me down a lot in that bus. I'll never forget it because I was... I was nervous, like I had my AirPods yeah. in. I just couldn't listen to music. I was just <laughs> couldn't focus. I had to take them back out. Like I just needed to like sit there in silence. Yeah. And she came down before I went in, so I was delighted. I was lucky she was there. 
That's good. You, you mentioned the defensive coach there. Is that something that you do in Cork is where you work with not only um, Shane, but you work with kind of defensive coach? Would that be kind of an individual approach to it? Like we have, we had Connor who worked with the backs. So he was a defensive coach and Paddy O'Shea would work with the forwards last year. I'm right. actually not sure what the setup will be this year, but um, okay. that was the way it was last year. And then each year would just kind of look over all of it. Okay. So like, Connor then he would just run the backs and he'd tell us like all these like plans of what we're going to do and how we'd like go around if the ball was coming down, how we'd all drop back and stuff. Yeah. And I found it really beneficial because I'd have him and then if I had questions going forward, like when I passed midfield, I'd go to pass and then I'd just discuss it with both of them. Yeah, okay. And individually, um I know I think who was I talking to? Um can't remember who it was it could have been Breed Stack but she was saying about Orla Finn goes to train an early to kick freeze is that yeah. something that uh, you, a lot of the Cork players do including yourself was there a lot of individual stuff going on before and after training oh 100% I'm 100% yeah Orla Finn was definitely one like she comes I remember like the first few times of training I didn't like want to show up too early because I didn't want to be like that too girl <laughs> yeah because I'm just new like I don't want to be like half an hour early and just walk in but then I realised everyone actually goes early. They want to be there. They come early. They want to put in the work and they want to get as much done as possible. Like Orla, I think she was living in Waterford with her, her fiancé now, actually. Yeah. Um, but um, she was living in Waterford and she comes down for training and she would be there at like 20 past six and training wouldn't be on till seven. Wow. And be out in the pitch already. And I would be like, am I late? Like every single week, <laughs> am I really late? Like I'd be like five to, and I'd be like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's mental. Yeah, she was. She has some dedication. Yeah, yeah. and it. I, I get the sense that with a lot of county teams, it's all player driven. Like, for example, Efie or Shane wouldn't be saying to you, "Come down early." That's just off. For example, Orla's bat to be coming down forty mm-hmm. minutes early, kick and freeze. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like it's. She just came down because she's so passionate about her sport and she wants to improve. Mm-hmm. And it was like it paid off so much in the season. She was unfortunate when she got injured, but up until she was unbelievable she was playing player of the month there and it was just class like all the hard work she put in definitely paid off Mm -hmm. if there's any younger players listening um that are kind of looking to improve let's say for example they've been dropped maybe or they're looking to improve their game particularly in the off season is there any particular skill um or something that players need to work on from a young age that we maybe i'm coach ladies football so is there anything i'm overlooking as a coach do you think from your experience if i was younger i definitely try to convince everyone to work more on their left leg. Okay. And I'd also convince them to try everyone, not, not like even the full back to practice their shooting, but get the forwards to practice their defending too. Because okay. it's so important for players to be able to play all over the pitch. Yeah. Like the coach needs someone for this position. You want to be the one starting. You want to be the one to fill that position for them. And I feel like it's very important for coaches to like make sure the girls know that or boys know that that if they put in the work, they can play any position and it's possible that they can be starting for any team they want to play and then want to be playing. There was a great clip. I don't know. I can't remember which match. It could have been the Galway game last year and you went up and scored a goal. Do you think that ladies football is kind of moving towards, similar to the men, sort of this positionless game that it doesn't really matter where you're playing on the pitch. You kind of need to do everything. Yeah, I remember that. I think that was Miss Duggan's goal. I passed the turn and she got it in. Yeah, I think it was that one, yeah. Yeah, she she played so well that day. Like I think it's so important. Even the way, like at that time, like if I didn't run up and Melissa was there at the right time, like the right spot. But we practiced that. We practiced how defenders should finish, and she finished it perfectly. Like it's just like so 
important that backs know that they're not just the back mm-hmm. that forwards are stuck I and mean, when there's such tight defenders marking them that the backs need to come up and step up and help them just like the defenders need to help drop uh, the offensive players need mm-hmm. to help drop them back like it's so important that we work as a team mm-hmm. when you go in for a tackle um something that, that I particularly enjoy as a coach uh teaching younger girls is the timing is there any particular trick that you use or do you talk like your kind of self-talk going into a tackle? How do you time it? Because unlike the men, it's very defined when you can and can tackle in ladies football. Yeah, I think there's something definitely I'd tell younger girls practice as well. Because it happens to me sometimes, like I just swing the arm over like, yeah. but it's automatic free. So like, I think it's very important that girls know that it's just so much easier to go into your hand the whole time. Um, but the timing, I definitely wait till someone solos it's just so much easier because like you know they're going to hesitate because they're going to hold the ball so I feel like when you wait for them to solo or wait for them to kick the ball when they look up they're not focusing on the ball so that's time to swipe in mm-hmm. Brilliant. Yeah. anyway and would you like to see like a lot of players are calling for more physicality in ladies football I know you were saying that you're working on your physicality but is that something as a defender that you would like to see more of kind of letting the game go maybe potentially bringing in like a shoulder for example what do you think of it I would like that to be honest because like I want to work on my physicality anyway so if I could do it because um I feel like girls football is very stop go stop go yeah mm-hmm. like it, it's fine but I feel like a game would be so much more enjoyable if it's just let flowed and constantly moving and I don't know I feel like we benefit more from that like the shouldering I think I think that'd be kind of good <laughs> <laughs> to start I- taking people out <laughs> I'd be the one getting taken out of it, like, but <laughs> I didn't do it. Brilliant. Do you think, we've kind of mentioned about, you know, you mentioned um, coming on from France early, you're in college, you know, you're training lots. Do you feel as if sometimes when you do make such a sacrifice for football that you've missed out on the typical, you know, to college year, let's say, in first year, or the typical sort of, I know it's difficult with COVID, but leaving certain experience in terms of going out with your friends and going out to nightclubs or whatever? Yeah, 100%. I do think sometimes I'm missing a lot. Because like, I have so many years, hopefully, in my career. Yeah. Like, but um, like sometimes I'm like, am I really missing out? Like, all these girls are going out tonight. I have training tomorrow. I'm not going to be going out. Like, I missed my best friend's 18th and stuff like that for training. And, like, I, sh- I wouldn't mind it. But it's just, you do think about how many times you do sacrifice stuff. Yeah. But I think it's all about if you actually want it like I do want this and I tell myself sometimes I'm like I know I'm upset that I can't go here mm-hmm. but I know I, like after my career in football there's gonna be so many times I can just go out I'll be old I won't be able to run myself like I can I just play now and enjoy myself yeah. <laughs> I mean whatever works for you <laughs> brilliant and out of everything with sport all the ups and downs what's the biggest lesson you've learned from from being involved in sport sorry i think you lost connection oh did you sorry i was just asking no you're okay out of all the ups and downs you've and everything you've been involved with sport what's the biggest lesson you've learned from it that failure doesn't mean actual failure i feel that's something you actually need to process even now like it's like a failure does not mean anything it just means that you have to come back you have to focus on yourself more and you have to see where you are failing and like come up from that and work on that and make yourself a better player because failure does not mean failure and like Brian Fenton is a perfect example of that obviously yeah and like yeah it's just I definitely tell myself that when I'm younger just to not take it so personal that 
it just gives you time to focus on you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Did you ever ask for feedback out of interest from the coaches uh, at club or county level? Was that something you did at a younger age? I actually never did it at an underage because I was just, at the time, I was just so heartbroken from it. Yeah. Helping the care. And now to tell mum was down times I've helped in the care just to stare to the crying after fails and stuff. And like stuff like that, I just, like at the time, it will get to me. But like, like I said yeah. now, I'm so grateful that it has happened. Mm-hmm. So grateful. But um, like, yeah, it will get to you like underage, obviously, but it'll pay off in the years to come, hopefully, that I'll yeah. take it. Exactly. Looking towards the future, um, you've already accomplished an all star. Um, I know an all Ireland medal is on your your list as well. But what do you hope to do over the next? I'm going to say ten years, but it's probably longer because you're only just turned nineteen. <laughs> well, I hope just to win a few all Irelands acquire, Hopefully, yeah. With Shane, it's it's looking more positive because he's putting in a lot of effort now. So hopefully, yeah. we're, um, and yeah, like I I would love to play AFL after my football career. Okay. I'd love to do that too. Okay. But I, I like it's obviously going to be years and years in the line. If you look at Corey Staunton and those players, like they're just so talented. They're so like they're strong girls. So hopefully they'll strengthen the strength <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. I'm gonna move on to the sideline seven. It's the same seven questions at the end of every episode. At question one, what is your favourite quote? Hard work speeds talent and talent doesn't work hard enough. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, question two, what's the best sporting event you've been to? Um, I think it would be that 2016 All Ireland when Cork won. When they beat Dublin, yeah. You have to mention that one. (laughs) Sorry. It's all right. It's all right. (laughs) Yeah, I just that that year. Like, I was, all my friends were there. We got the big bus up and the red and white face paint was on. (laughs) I want to ask quickly about, I won't dwell on it for too long, but the semi final this year, uh, Mead made that incredible comeback. I remember I was watching on the couch and with five minutes to go when they announced Emer Scally as a player of the match I had the game written off I was ready to, to go and do whatever else um, what happened in the last couple of minutes from your perspective on the pitch was it a momentum shift did Meads just decide right this game isn't over what happened in the last few minutes I think Mead did step up and they did put it on us and I think we just kind of relaxed a bit too much like we did we were, we were like oh like five minutes to go whatever like we're fine but I feel like we didn't like push up as much as we should have. We didn't carry the ball. We were way too relaxed in the last few minutes. And fair play to me, they did come up and they did, they did, they took the game by the scruff of the neck and they yeah. got they, And you have to respect them for that too because they caught us off guard and like that kind of stuff will benefit us in the future. Like hopefully that we will not let that happen again because yeah, like we're all saying it. Like we're all out for blood. We're ready for this year. So <laughs> me <hopefully>, watch out. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, it won't happen this year. Exactly. Did did you watch the final out of interest? What did you what did you think of it? I did watch the final. Both teams were very, very good in the day. But me did stand out. They they did push Dublin in the last few minutes and I thought it was a great match to watch. And like Dublin yeah. are a great team. So it just shows how much work me put in. Mm-hmm. Just to go immediate to senior was a big step. But to actually win the all out in the same year, it was you respect them for it. Like <laughs> they put so much into it, definitely. Do you think um, when they went into the final, would you, because you played against them, would you have expected them to beat Dublin? And on the day, did you notice that their performance? Because obviously in, in your game, until the last few minutes, they weren't maybe up to the mark. But do you think that they just elevated themselves another level that day? I'd say they definitely elevated themselves another step up that day because Dublin are a great team. But I feel like Dublin didn't do as much research as they could have on Meath. 
because they were like Meath came up from intermediate and I feel like they were like the d- team that like obviously were very talented but Dublin won the All-Ireland for years and years obviously I think they're going for six in a row but, um, so like they obviously had had the whole All-Ireland won for so many years and I feel like they just kind of relaxed a bit like we did and then Meath came up and they just took control of the game so I've actually just come for another question for you I wanted to ask a little bit about Dublin's communication from the 2020 final um, Kira O'Sullivan I think was on off the ball talking about how loud Dublin were um, mm. how much of communication comes into the game obviously it's a little bit different for you because most of your games for Cork have been with a reduced or lack of spectators but how much communication actually happens on match day on the pitch like with me yeah uh, like just like you said I came in and it was during the COVID like, scare at the time and all the stadiums were empty. I played in Crow Park first time, no one in the stadium and like mm. teams. So that kind of way, we all were able to communicate loud. Yeah. yeah we can all hear each other. And like it would actually echo in the stadium, which is cool. Wow. But yeah, it was it was eerie, like, but it was cool. So like we had that and like the communication would be really good about like Dublin are very, communi- like they communicate so well. Like you could hear in the back line when their goalie is talking the opposite side of the pitch like they were just they're wow. very but um like even for us I feel like it's something we're going to improve on as well because we we obviously saw how important it was to communicate as a team and to say that we can push up everyone pushes up mm-hmm. and like it's so important to win matches that you have you have to be able to communicate with everyone mm-hmm. absolutely uh question three I kind of I think I know the answer to this one but what's been the biggest setback or challenge so far in your career and how did you react to it yeah you can definitely <laughs> didn't get through to the trials and I quit my club football <laughs> it's so silly now like <laughs> yeah it's kind of funny because you laugh back at it and you're like did you think about that during the the all-star night because I know I think your mom was saying she burst out crying when she yeah. heard you were nominated but on the night when you were announced was it just like oh my god this is it like yeah I, I thought I, like everything else in that day was going wrong for me as well like we forgot <laughs> There's a trend here, Erica. There's a trend. We forgot the all-star tickets, like, the day of the actual thing. I know, my mom forgot all seven tickets, and we're all like, what are we going to do? We're like, we're standing outside the hotel, like, how are we going to get in? Like, look, the LGFA helped us out after a while, so it's fine. But, um, oh, like, everything that day was just going wrong for us as a family. It was just a mess. And, like, we thought we were going to be late and everything. And oh, Jesus. mess. It nearly happens for you that things have to go nearly a little bit mad just before and then it goes all well on the day. Yeah, like even like you said though, I like I obviously did think of that when I was getting all there. I did think of like when I was younger, I was like, if I could see myself now, I, I'd be in shock. Like I know I would. And yeah. my man hysterical that day. And my dad <laughs> again, he wouldn't cry, but I knew he was getting there. And like I, my mom laughs about it too like even when they were called out the Allstate like everyone kind of was hugging their family I could see Hannah Terrell and she hugged her family and then yeah. she'd go oh, I got up off the seat and I was in shock I was just like and I walked you just walked away yeah I walked <laughs> towards the stage I didn't look at my family didn't do anything I got up and walked and they're all like <laughs> alright <laughs> so funny <laughs> that's gas that's so funny um I just can't believe that happened but anyway and I did not expect to get the award I was sitting there and I was next to the side of Valeria and I was like oh definitely like I think it was Avi Leahy that was up against me I was like oh definitely her she'll probably get it she was class I was like the not managed against me and Ron Reel I was like I have, I have no chance I'm only 19 I was like no I was like I'm not gonna get it 
And then I was sitting there and I was looking around and next thing they're like, Eric O'Shea. And he said, in, they're like, Nick Harkey. And I was like, I was dozy. Like, I didn't even think of the Irish. I was just sitting there and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was just sitting <laughs> That's so funny. Um, out of interest, what do you think is your biggest strength in your game? Like, what's the kind of most reliable thing you have in your in your ability? I think speed. Okay. I, basketball as well. That really helps. But I feel like that was that would be my strength, and um, strength like my actual strength as a whole would be yeah. definitely. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's totally fair. Uh, yeah. Kind of a bit more positive. Then I think I know the answer to this as well. Uh, what's been your biggest achievement on or off the pitch? Yeah, I probably would be playing alongside the girls when I was still in my minor season. Like all the girls I idolised and getting the All-Stars as well. Just the cherry on the cake, like I couldn't believe it. So that definitely was a achievement. Brilliant. You're only 19, uh, but looking back, what advice would you give your 18-year-old self? You've done a lot since then. Five months ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it feels like a long time ago. Um, you know, that would be the time we were playing the league final and... I wish I play, didn't play with fear. That would be something mm. I tell my like I was like obviously in the court setup, we're always kept on our toes, like I said earlier. Yeah. But I'm I was just worried I a lot and I was overthinking that I wouldn't start the next game every single time. Even if I played well, I'd still be like, Oh, I'm not gonna start and like I'd probably get taken off and someone else would come on. Like we've made Catalan and the subs and she was class. I was like, someone's gonna come on for me and they're gonna be better than me. But I wish I just relaxed and just took it in and like was grateful while I was playing. Like, yeah, I just feel like I overthought a lot and I wish okay. I didn't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is your would your like self talk then be a little bit maybe not negative but like going into a game? It's like and I talked at a podcast with Hannah only, Hannah Tyrrell, and mm. she spoke about when she steps up to her free, her self talk is okay. Don't miss this. Would that be sort of similar to you? It's like don't don't drop the ball. Don't don't let this opportunity go. 100% like I doubt myself a lot and I okay. feel like like if I go back to my 18 year old self <laughs> you know like I tell myself just to relax like and just yeah I, I really wish I backed myself more and just like even against the mead like I wish I just ran at them and like I wasn't scared of losing the box like I feel like if you play with fear like even Shane says it like at the train last day he was like we're not going to play with fear he was like fear gets you nowhere he's right, like yeah run at they run at the team you're playing against like there's no point holding back because you're holding back you're scared to lose the ball you're going to lose the match and like he's like there's no fear in losing losing is not a big deal like you from the losses you have Brilliant. so definitely yeah yeah um who would be your dream dinner guest and why oh that's a good question um i probably would be lebron james okay so, yeah what would you uh, ask him like I'd, actually, I'd love to know his proper story. Like I've read about him and like how he came from like nothing. Like he was like near poverty and he came up now to be like a millionaire. And yeah. like, I wonder what motivates him to keep going. Like he's so, he obviously trains hours and hours and day on end. Like I'd love to know what motivates him and like Brilliant. why he is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you seen, um, have you watched Space Jam too yet? No, I haven't. Uh, he's the star. I haven't seen it yet either. Uh, I don't know if I want to though, because Face Jam One is just so iconic. But uh, yeah, I think his. I find with him, his off the court stuff is nearly like not more impressive, but like it's like he's amazing on the court. He's such a good player, but every he everything he does, like business wise, is just really interesting. You don't see a lot of players doing that. 
Yeah, 100%. He puts... Like, he obviously works hard for everything he got. Mm-hmm. Like, came from nothing and he is where he is now. Yeah. I just always had a little crush on him, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proper fangirl over him. <laughs> Final question before I let you go. Uh, if your life was a book, what chapter would this be called? Uh, the introduction, I'd say. Okay, so we big things to expect. Hopefully. My, hopefully my career will keep going and it's only a start. <laughs> exactly look Erica thank you so much for coming on I really enjoyed that very best of luck moving forward on and off the pitch and thanks a million again thank you so much for having me a massive thank you to Erica for joining me on the podcast today I just want to wish her and all of her teammates the very best of luck with the upcoming season Erica is a talented footballer and certainly has a bright future ahead if you are enjoying the podcast I'd really appreciate if you could leave a rating and a review over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as it does help the show grow. A big thank you to Phil Queens for sponsoring the series. As always I hope you enjoyed the episode and I'll catch you in the next one.